ban on alcohol sales for Pattaya and Bangkok for the elections, prosecutor in the Red Bull Air case being kicked out of civil service, and black stinky water flowing into Phuket's Kamala Beach. All of that coming up on Good Morning Thailand. Please help us by clicking the like and subscribe button. Thank you, guys. Hello, surprise, and welcome to Good Morning Thailand. Today, I'll be channeling my inner Jay because he's not here. He's uh, kind of on leave for family reasons, but that's okay because we have some lovely, lovely guests here today. We have our MVP, OG MVP, Kun Mark Kenner, who is the chairman of the board. Hi, Mike, Mike Kenner. Mike, 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 Mike. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Had to do the full name uh, and title. And of course, we have Kun Tim Newton with us here. Hi everybody, good to be here again. Welcome back. Thank you, thank you. We've dug him up. <laughs> yes. How do you feel after uh, this long hiatus being back on GMT? Yes, it's a bit weird, new, new office. I mean, um, it was in Phuket last time, so. God, that's right. Yeah. Uh, we've been a few places since then. Uh, we've also got a electric prod, so if he says anything out of line, <laughs> just give him a quick 2,000 volts. Yeah. Everything will be I've fine. had my hush money, to be quiet. <laughs> Right. All right. We're going to start off with our first news. I think this is huge news for anybody who is living in Phuket. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, in Pattaya or Bangkok, because as we know, the Pattaya's mayoral election. Am I saying that word right? Yeah. Mayoral. Okay. And Bangkok's governor election will happen on May 22nd, which is this Sunday. So there will be alcohol bans from this Saturday. Uh, from 6 p.m. and that will run for another 24 hours and it will stop on May 22nd at 6 p.m. and that's when all the election booths will be closed off and now you are free to party party. Now, don't, don't drink and vote. Yes. Now the reason why there's an alcohol ban guys is because uh, the government or the authorities are afraid that people will have some hangovers, uh, hungovers rather, and or they might be drunk voting and they might regret their choices of people that they select, therefore the alcohol ban. I don't know, is this something that happens in your countries? I've never, I can't recall Mike in, in all my years of, of these sort of alcohol bans during voting. It's on the back of the alcohol ban last weekend for Wisaka Busha Day. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm sort of thinking this is a little bit old fashioned. It's about time we turned this over. Yeah, mm. 100%. I mean, who, I mean, they don't trust the people to get, be sober and vote or, yeah, what, 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 is it, what they might vote sense. better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Might loosen them up a bit. They might actually turn up at 6am in the morning. Or yeah hammered to turn up to the voting booth, but no, it's nuts, come on, I mean, this is the modern world, how can you, you can ban anything just to, you know, to, to fix, you know, a mandate that they want to have, I mean, if people won't turn up if they're drunk, then they don't really trust the people, number one, and they probably shouldn't be voting anyway. Yeah, is it compulsory to vote, Natty? I mean, you're a Thai citizen. So the voting system in Thailand, unlike uh, in the US, oh, sorry, unlike in the UK or the US, because the US, you have the right to vote. Yes. But I think in Thailand, I think it's a little bit that it's your duty to vote, because if you don't vote, you won't be able to run for elections if you ever so oh, okay. choose to. So you so have there to is register penalty. to vote. You do. Uh, in Australia, yes. it's compulsory to vote. 
So what happens if you don't vote? You then? get fined. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. We don't have a fine, but there are some rights that will take be taken away from you. Okay. Is that the same in the UK? As far as I know, UK is a choice. Um, okay. Yeah, so we have the, the choice to vote. We don't, we're not forced to vote. Or most people, some people abstain. Mm -hmm. Some people just vote for, you know, whoever is the, the other side. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I think it should be a choice. I mean, this is supposedly a democratic world, right? You shouldn't mm -hmm. be forced. So because, like in Australia, where we're forced to vote, we have a thing called the donkey vote, where people, they go in, but their protest, uh, they'll, they'll just go one to six or something, da, 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 done, walk out. You mean like they score every single candidate? And yeah, like, or, or they'll write go. something on it. <laughs> and it's usually about two or three percent of the vote is considered a, a donkey vote. Uh, and so they're the ones that obviously get discarded. But um, yeah, that's their way of protesting. They, they have to go into the booth, they have to fill something out, so that's what they do. Uh, so in Australia, uh, people want to get to the top of the, the voting card mm -hmm. because they usually win the donkey vote. Mm -hmm. so, so I have a question, is the vote in Thailand legit? As what? in, you know, Oh, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah, well, is it legit? I, mean, um, I, I guess is it legit anywhere? But can you <laughs> can you validate that the the voters are you know getting you know fairness in their vote and they're being counted correctly or is it how does it work? I don't know. Okay, so I believe that the system is still being used uh, in a very old-fashioned way. So what we do is we don't have elect electronic votes we have to physically go to the boats uh, the booths and then vote it by like a blue pen it's very 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 like that and then you put it in and the way they count it is that they literally manually take out one they turn it to the camera and read number one and then they would put it down and just like manually read it like that i think the it, whole it, entire it, time yeah it, it is perceived generally the actual counting process to be pretty legit in Thailand. Mm. However, I noticed in a survey last week, they were asking people, do you think the election will be fair? And a lot of people said there will be, I think it was 70% said they expect there will be vote buying. Mm. Vote buying basically means that some of the candidates roll out things like, um, uh, if you turn up, we'll give you a hundred baht or uh, that sort of thing where th there is some uh, paper bags going on but that's the actual vote itself is considered to be fairly legit. Yeah, actually, back in the days in the provinces, like the smaller provinces, you would see people. But that was like 20 years ago. People would actually carry uh, how to call it stacks of money and be like, hey, vote for me, vote for me, like very out in the open. They're not sure. ashamed at all, yeah. but they have changed now. Th yeah, I, I think, think that was the where the term vote buying came from. But I think mm -hmm. it's a little bit more sophisticated these yeah. days. Yes. I mean, for me, this is a place where you can buy police fine for 500 parts so surely you can manipulate the vote I mean mm. you know there's lots of open corruption that happens in Thailand sure right well, we should also mention today that well Carmel's away as we know mm -hmm. yesterday could not filled in mm -hmm. but he's away as well right or he had one day here oh, not that's enough I'm going back to what I do so today we've got Leah the voice of goddess the voice of goddess <laughs> is Leah right so is she gonna say hello Good morning, everybody. She speaks. And yeah. she's got an outrageous English accent as well. <laughs> now, going back a little bit to the alcohol ban, I just wanted to ask you two gentlemen here, how do you feel about being a foreigner but still also have to abide to the no alcohol ban as well? Because you, you guys can't vote. No, so. well, I can't vote. I'm not a property holder. Uh, I'm not a citizen. So the fact that f foreigners, uh, expats and tourists have to join in the alcohol ban is sort of ludicrous. 
big or surplus of requirements. But I mean, what are they going to do? I think the tyres are going to get upset. Or the, the foreigners are going to be sort of sitting there having a drink and the tyres will walk past and they're going to go, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, but there's... It's sort there's, of silly, isn't it? There's not an alcohol ban. I mean, 7-Eleven selling alcohol. <laughs> there you I go. mean, where I live in Phuket, every hotel will be selling alcohol. You know, Allegedly. Yeah, Allegedly. Well, they, they will be, right? I mean, you know, I'll be right. participating in drinking alcohol in some hotel somewhere I mean no, you do it just because you're not meant to be doing it well it's just like you know <laughs> you, you have a glass of wine with your dinner or a beer whatever it's just like who cares yeah. do you know what I mean this isn't we're not voting we're not well I'm not on holiday but on the weekends is a holiday so you know um, I think all the establishments especially post-covid the hotels especially they're making a lot of their money from food and beverage alcohol sales is one of them it's slightly unfair to be like okay, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, there's too many restrictions, you know, but we won't help you out if, um, if you run out of money. So I think, um, <laughs> you know, my take is, is that... Uh, interestingly enough, uh, back in my home country, we used to have an electronic news ban. So 72 hours before the election, uh, the electronic news, that's uh, radio and TV, weren't allowed to report on anything to do with the election. However, it's just one of those sort of strange rules. The newspapers were allowed to report on the news right up to the day of the election. Sort of an odd election ban. But of course, well, I used to work for a person who had a daily radio news show, and always, every state, every federal election, he'd say, well, I'm not allowed to read anything about, I'm not allowed to talk to you about the, the election. So he'd read from the newspaper. Mm. So I'm just gonna read today's newspaper. Oh, it happens to be about the election. So uh, I think these sort of these rules determining people's behaviour on elections is sort of a bit draconian. And don't drink and vote is, I think that, uh, that's got to be thrown out. Are you out. voting, Natty? Oh, definitely, I'm voting. Are you drinking this weekend? Um, no, I'm not. I'll be a responsible civilian, so no. Natty never drinks. <laughs> I she never drink. <laughs> By the uh, way, you two went to uh, the, the laser games last night. Well, Mike, I think Mike did. I didn't Oh, you didn't? Oh, you're yeah. the only one? Yeah, yeah. So um, about 20 staff went. I'm surprised. I thought that we might have a few dead bodies this morning. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. It this was like Laser Quest, but a very cheap version. Laser Quest. Running around with guns with lasers with some weird rules that you would only get in Thailand. Um, <laughs> but don't drink and... Yeah. Don't drink and shoot. Don't drink and don't, shoot. Don't drink. Wear your mask. Don't wear your mask. Wear your mask. Run around. Sweat with your mask on. <laughs> Take your mask off. You know, everyone sit down, everyone stand up. Yeah. There's a lot of orders going around, um, mainly in Thai. So, I'm right. just, yeah, I was a bit, oh, great. A bit confused. So, I walked in, I died in 30 seconds, I was done. Yeah. Okay. That was my game. Back to the bar. <laughs> I thought the most ridiculous mask wearing one was uh, at my swimming pool, at my previous condo, anyways. It says, like, you have to wear a mask while swimming. I'm like, how is that even possible? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Anyhow, speaking of laser tags and people dying, maybe this is a bad segue. Anyhow, prosecutor in the Red Bull air case is now kicked out of the civil service. Now, for those of you who don't know the backstory, about 10 years ago, back in 2012, uh, one of the Red Bull airs, called boss Yu Wittia. He, um, he drove his Ferrari down uh, Tongla Road and then there was a pit stop where the police would kind of check you know the breathalyzers is that what you call it and he didn't stop instead he kind of dragged one of the officers who was on duty that night and dragged his motorbike. body across, yes on on his motorbike mm. and killed him and since then he hasn't been he's been indicted with five uh, with five charges but so far he hasn't 
been... Hasn't had his day in court. No, he hasn't. But instead, yesterday, all eight of Thailand's public prosecution committee unanimously agreed to kick the ex-general attorney Nate Naksak out of the civil service for choosing not to indict the Red Bull heir who killed a police officer in a hit-and-run incident back in 2012. Now, Nate has served the civil service for over 40 years, but the board agreed that Nate lacks prudence in listening to important facts and evidence. There's five charges that uh, the heir has, uh, you know, been charged with. Three of them have been expired. Now, the three of them is driving too fast, driving recklessly, causing damage to property of others. That expired in 2013. And the third one is driving away from an accident without providing assistance. That expired five years ago, back in 2017. And there's still two charges which are still ongoing that haven't expired yet, which includes reckless driving causing death, death yeah. but that is gonna be expired in 2027, and the use of cocaine, which will expire later this year in September. Now, so uh, many of you guys are probably asking, where is the Red Bull heir? Reports have said that his whereabouts are unknown at this point. So I think the issue with this one is that, that here is a, a victim of this whole farrago, uh, who was the attorney general at the time, or, or the prosecutor, and uh, he's now sort of been thrown under the bus because he perhaps didn't prosecute the case uh, properly. Uh, but it seems that everybody's getting the blame except boss who's cavorting around the world, going to the occasional Red Bull uh, event. The police don't seem to be able to find him, although journalists don't seem to have any problem in finding him whatsoever. So this has uh, been a great shame to the Vuvidya family, the, the people who, uh, he's the grandson of the man who founded the, uh, the Red Bull uh, company. Yes. And it's been, brought great shame to that family, but it's just another case of if you've got the money, you can get away with anything. Mm. Mike. Yeah. yeah, I mean, um, I don't know enough about this case, but I know around, you know, the whole premises of you commit a crime in Thailand, you leave. You know, I've got friends whose sisters have been killed and murdered by foreigners and the foreigners just left. And, you know, that's just the end of it. And it's, it's, it's a sad type of affairs that if you commit, you know, a serious crime, whether it's death or murder or, or even fraud, which is happening a lot, and you just leave, you basically get away with it. I mean, that's basically what the authorities are kind of indicating. You know, it happens a lot. You know, you can do real estate fraud and just leave, rip off loads of people and just leave the country and be fine. You can commit murders, leave the country and be fine. I mean, there should be some system where they go and they go and bring back, you know, or extradite criminals back to Thailand to face prosecution. I mean, it's ridiculous what's going on. The that's system's true. there, Natty. The system is that they can be extradited from m most countries. Uh, Thailand's got a relationship with a, a lot of countries. But it's just, I don't know, is it too difficult? I think in the case of Boss, it's, uh, he's comes from a very wealthy family and there has been uh, a resistance to perhaps prosecute him. Uh, there has perhaps been um, favours promised uh, if uh, it's gone likely. I mean, he fled the country in 2017 in the family aeroplane, mm. arrived in Singapore and they just left it on the tarmac and he disappeared. And he's since been reported to be in both Dubai and Singapore. But there he is. He's not going to come back to the country, even after, um, but he's got the, the means by which he doesn't need to. He can live a perfectly comfortable life out of the country. But he's brought enormous shame to his family. Right. And it's been shameless. And here we have the prosecutor who's been thrown under the bus. So somehow he's easy to blame, but uh, boss gets away with it.
I suspect after 2027, when his last indictment ends or it expires, I think he'll just come back to Thailand unashamed doing his thing. But do you think the Thais would put up with that? I mean, if he fronted up to an event, he would just get booed off the stage. I don't know. Money talks, man, in this country. He wouldn't be able to have what I would call a good life. I think a lot of Thais are very upset about the story. Yes. Uh, they would, 99% of them, I think, would be clapping their hands if he was dragged back to this country Mm. and put up in front of a court and a judge uh, put him in jail for a long, long time. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see what happens next, I guess. So for now, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back right after this. Bangkok University is the first in the world to collaborate with Masterclass to provide over 150 streamed online classes by internationally renowned celebrities and experts in various fields. The university hopes the unconventional learning style will inspire students to develop their own skills, foster their creativity, improve their performance and set them up for success. Students will get the chance to take cooking classes with Gordon Ramsay, acting classes with Natalie Portman, and design classes with fashion designer Marc Jacobs. Former U.S. President Bill Clinton will teach a class on strategic planning. The university will stream master classes in the fields of arts and entertainment, business, design and style, sports and gaming, and writing. In March, cinema students from the Bangkok University had the chance to ask world-renowned film director Werner Herzog questions via an exclusive conversation in an online classroom. The government is winning the war against drugs. The Minister of Justice, Somsak Tepsutin, revealed around 5 billion baht had been recovered from nationwide drug raids. He disclosed to Thai media the government is winning the war against drugs, cracking down on illegal cartels, and expects to recoup 10 billion baht by the end of the year, after seizing more than half of that amount from illegal drug activity in quarter one. Somsak says more plans, measures and operations are in place as authorities delivered their findings to Prime Minister Prayut Chanocha. The Minister of Justice revealed the difficulty in tracking down the illegal activity of drug cartels operating in Thailand's underworld, but insists the methods implemented ensure they are one step ahead of the drug trafficking gangs. Somsak added the government has a new strategy to eliminate drug traffickers by seizing their assets and cutting the source of their financial drug investment. The minister says 30% of profits from the seized assets will go to relevant officers and residents who provided information leading to the arrest of those involved in the criminal activity, 25% to the authorities and 5% to residents. And lastly, Thailand's biggest light festival, known as the Aqua Lumina Illumination Festival, is coming to Phuket soon. The festival will dazzle the shores of Naihan Beach from this coming Friday until May 31st. The festival in Phuket will display lit-up sculptures and multimedia shows, as well as projection mapping with 3D images with light. Aqua Lumina's theme in Phuket will be Land of the Guardians of the Andaman. Local musicians will perform at the festival with street vendors serving food from local chefs. Prizes will be up for grabs every night of the festival, and the best thing, the entry is free. 
Authorities in Phuket and some other areas of Thailand have organized several festivals this year to help bring in tourism income. This comes after Thailand's tourism economy was plundered by COVID-19 restrictions. Welcome back and I just want to give a quick shout out to Dewa Beach Resort. Dewa Beach Resort is the ideal resort destination for leisure travelers planning a getaway on the Pearl of Andaman Island called Phuket. Thank you so much for sponsoring our show today. Now, have you been to Dewa Beach Resort? I've heard of it but I haven't been actually. It's at Nyang Beach. Okay, Nyang. Do you know when you sort of drive onto it? It's just, just before you turn down to all the shops and bars and things. Okay, lovely. Yeah, Nyang's very Fair. nice. Nyang. Okay. Nyang. Yes. <laughs> Nyang. Okay, yeah. Yes. That's near the airport, There's, correct? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. It's, if you, from there, you can walk about a kilometre along the beach and take a photo of the plane flying overhead. Have you ever done that? No. No. Hand up and... No. No, <laughs> no that's it's just too you, much Tim. Exercise <laughs> <for> you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Dewa Beach Resort is a nice place, but I'll tell you where it's not so nice in Phuket. It's the Kamala Beach. And because black foul water is still flowing into the oceans at Phuket's Kamala Beach. Now, this problem apparently has been happening for decades now. I think, Tim Newton, you've wrote about it on The Tiger once back in 2017. I think I saw an editorial about it. Yeah, I think I've written about it many times. And in my former uh, guys with the Phuket News, we wrote about it many times as well. Uh, Mike, you'd know living in Phuket that the, literally every beach has got a little estuary running into the water and those estuaries flow through the villages and uh, past things and stuff goes into those canals and those clongs and those little estuaries, streams, whatever you want to call them, and they end up flowing to the beaches. The one at Kamala is particularly bad because it's a great big wide canal and uh, when the rain comes, there's shit and dirt that gets blown down from the, the, the hills and the, uh, ends up in that. And you suspect that there's some stuff going in there that hasn't necessarily been treated. It always smells foul. I mean, you've walked past that clong in Kamala many times. Yeah, I mean, I used to walk down there every day with my dog. And um, shout out to Charlie. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he's watching it. <laughs> if you're watching, Charlie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, I walked down to Kamala Beach. And Kamala Beach, in general, is really, really nice. I mean, yeah. like, like the majority of beaches in, in Phuket, they're, they're really nice. And it is pretty disgusting that this is happening. It's been happening ever since I've lived there. Um, and I know exactly where it is. It's like a, 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 a lake, which is pretty black, just coming out and flowing onto the beach. And you basically you either try and hop over it, which you usually can't, or you bypass it by walking into the sea and around it. But um, it, it's pretty bad that it's there. I think um, considering there's so much money attributed to hotels in, in Kamala, you know, you think that they could come together and try and solve, you know, a problem that is in existence. Because I guess, look, the village in general is relatively mid-level, modest ports. A Muslim village in Kamala, you know, you go to the back behind in the village and it's not big, fantastic villas besides the, the Farangs living there. It's, it's, it's small Thai houses. I think, you know, something needs to be done. Um, and if no one's going to fix it, it might be for the community to come together and actually put in the plan. I mean, you've got Montezor and Cafe Del Mar and huge, you know, big hotels down there, you know, just to name a few. Um, you know, they're all very wealthy and, you know, and, and probably have, you know, lots of benefit from the uptake in having an amazing beach in, 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 in Kamala Beach. Because the, the video, the video was in the story that you've been watching, I mean, that, that sort of stuff ends up on the internet and it just looks bad when people can see that raw something, be it sewerage or dirty water, it certainly smells, 
ends up uh, in the, basically the water that we're expected to swim in. Uh, this is not unique, of course, though, to Kumalo. It happens on other beaches in Phuket, other beaches in Thailand. Indeed, the Klongs here in Bangkok. I'm talking about the, is it what, the San Seb? Klong San Seb, yes. uh, That I've travelled on many times. I've seen these great big pipes pumping dirty something straight into the Klong, and you think to yourself, I don't want to fall in that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I'd get pretty sick. It's even funny when you see people fishing in the Klong. I don't think I'd want to eat a fish out of those clongs. Especially now we're in rainy season and everything yeah. starts flooding and you know they start overflowing and you get this in the street. I mean, if you've ever been in a flood in Thailand, you know, where the water starts rising up beyond like you can't see <laughs> yeah. the wheels beyond your bike. You don't know what's going around it. It's right. pretty yeah. disgusting. Yeah, it is. And, um, yeah. It's not just dirty, by the way. It's toxic. Like, if you fall in there, you can die from bacterial, I don't oh. know. Yeah, some stuff. So, uh, if, if you wear your mask, you're okay. <laughs> you yes. might wear your be mask. safe. Yeah. Wear your mask. When <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Good advice. <laughs> Great. Uh, and make sure you're not drinking when you fall in. Uh, I think that good sewerage treatment or organization planning is sort of a, a hallmark of uh, you know, civilized town planning. And I know that places like Kamala 20 years ago was a little sleepy town with a few tourists coming there and a, a handful of expats. But now it's a very busy. The last five years, you've got uh, Café Del Mar, you've got uh, Montezur building there. Uh, fantastic developments and very modern and upmarket. But the town planning, for some reason, has uh, not allowed some proper planning of, of sewage and, and waste treatment. I mean, I mean, they can't even get public transport. So, like, I mean, you know, one fixed public transport in Phuket, get rid of all this rubbish crap that's Taxis. going on. Yeah, it's just <laughs> nonsense. Like, right. everyone getting ripped off. Then get a sewage treatment plant. You can actually do something. You know, mm. let's just get this moving. I mean, but I don't think they can get the basics right. And, you know, it, it ceases to amaze me. Hey, of course there will be. I um, guarantee today there will be shots of the uh, head of the Orbo tour with a whole lot of media and uh, sort of officials going down there and, mm, mm, uh, we'll make sure something is done about this and uh, we'll uh, thank you for bringing it to our attention. There'll be the media shots and that we won't hear about it for another three or four years when another hapless tourist goes, oh my God, what's this? Mm. And posts it. Yeah. It's a shame. It is a shame. Uh, that's but about I mean, the where, where do you go with it? I mean, yeah. we can keep talking Shaking about our it, heads. but I don't think it will change under five years we'll be back here I predict Lee is going to have a few comments about that uh, later in the program right no, she's shaking. you don't care okay so obviously we don't want to live in Kamala but do you know where is the cheapest and best place to live in Thailand because yesterday we actually did a little survey on the YouTube community area and we found and based on uh, rent and accommodation food and beverages general cost of living and transport cost uh, People have voted, so 2,200 votes we had so far. Chiang Mai and Chiang Rai actually scored 50%. People think that maybe that's the cheapest place to live. Pattaya and surrounding districts at 20%, Guahin 12%, Bangkok and surrounding provinces at 10%, and Phuket, Krabi and Panga at 4%. I'm actually quite surprised um, that Bangkok wasn't a little bit higher, but... Mm. What, as, we, as in cheaper? Yeah, I thought it would be cheaper than Hua Hin for some... I find Bangkok really expensive. I mean, oh, you okay. think in Hua Hin you can get a big villa mm -hmm. for 40,000 baht, let's just say, right, to rent. In, in Bangkok, 
you'd mm-hmm. get a small condo for 40,000 baht right. to rent. So I mean like, I think accommodation's more expensive in Bangkok, mm-hmm. food's more expensive in Bangkok. Bangkok for me is crazy expensive. But you go to all the expensive places though. <sighs> do I though? <laughs> well, where do you, have you ever been to any of the cheap markets a hundred meters away for lunch. I've, I've seen them. I, I just, I'm, I've seen them. I just don't trust them. You, oh, come on. You don't trust no, them. No, no. Do, do you know what it is? It's that in Bangkok has some great choice of restaurants, mm-hmm. right? Like, and some beautiful restaurants. So it's like I could even sit in this rinky dinky market, which I know some people like, you know. So, no, if you, if you like that, then fair enough, right? The food's probably great. You're not going to get some scenic, beautiful view. Unlikely, right? Ethnic views. Okay, keep <laughs> <Yeah>. going. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I like to go to these restaurants that, you know, have a nice ambience, you know. Hoity-toity. I don't mm. know, whatever. Each their own, right? But um, Bangkok's really expensive. I find it really expensive. Mm. Um, I guess compared to the cost of living, that is true because transportation, let's say a BTS, right? Uh, you know, the, the minimum wage here is about 300 baht. But to travel from one end of the BTS to the other, it could cost you up to 60 baht. So can you just imagine going going back and forth, that's already half of your salary right there. Yeah, yeah. right. that's a good point. Mm. Uh, so so you got the motorcycle taxis. I mean, there's also a lot of other ways of getting around, but uh, to go long distances, of course, the BTS and the MRT are the, the, the main drags. I, th- I think public transport in general in Bangkok is, is from, I, I think is relatively affordable. It's just accommodation is very expensive. Mm. I think, you know, like it's comparative to Singapore, almost, mm-hmm. you know, we're seeing prices extremely high. Like well, there's some, there's some properties which aren't that nice for 200,000 baht a month. I'm like, you're joking me. I mean, that's like, what, six, $7,000 a month. Mm. Um, food's expensive. Um, transportation is, is readily affordable. And if you compare that to, which is your number one, which is Phuket, mm-hmm. I think accommodation is expensive and definitely transportation is expensive because- Unless you've got your own. Ripped unless off. you've got a gun. <laughs> I click. Yeah, a gun or- <laughs> what? No, I'm joking. Well, to, to out mafia the mafia. So we're only allowed in the survey to put five different locations, and we picked the most populous locations. But we actually got some response, uh, quite a lot of really good response from uh, from the survey, and people saying, "I've lived in Chiang Mai for nearly a year." This is from a lady called Beverly, uh, on one thousand one hundred US dollars per month. Uh, so that's her experience. A lot of people mentioned they live in Isan and it's extremely cheap. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that's the northeast of Thailand. Uh, we, we, it's hard though to put Isan in the list of five because it's such a large region yeah. mm. and it encompasses uh, Ubon Ratchitani, uh, Udontani, uh, Konkan, Loil. I mean, so many population centers up there. Nakon Ratchasima. I'm sorry about my pronunciation. Uh, this person, certificate of vaccination ID 19, how's that for a username? Says uh, 31, comment, sorry folks, you're all wrong, it's Cha Chong Sao. Cha Chong Sao. Which mm. is uh, to the east of Bangkok. Uh, Jason and Susan said, Jomtium is cheaper for us, 400 US dollars a month, comfortable with going out about 600. Wow. So that's pretty, uh, that's, do that you'd own. spend that on a day, wouldn't you? <laughs> but do they own their own? I guess, you know, it's all relative. These people own their properties or they're renting. Know. I mean, Don't this know. is the, the thing, isn't it? Eric mm-hmm. agreed with you by saying, and also with the other survey people saying, Phuket is the most expensive in Thailand. But Jason had a slightly different experience. He says, I know the obvious answer isn't Phuket, but I can find decent accommodation for 8,000 baht for the month and scooter for 3,000. Food I'd spend five to 600 baht a day. It's a truly epic island. So he's had a different experience. And I have to say that on a place like Phuket or anywhere in Thailand, you can live quite cheaply or you can live quite expensively. 
and there is quite a distance between the two. Like I know I can live in Bangkok quite cheaply. I've got a relatively inexpensive condo. I do eat at the market during the day. Mm -hmm. uh, I tend to use something like Food Panda and just get a Thai meal at night. Uh, so you can actually live pretty cheaply anywhere in the country. I think for, for foreigners and tourists, the dream is to come to Thailand. Uh, you can potentially come and live here, or let's just say you're going to come and live here, and you can rent this big, beautiful villa on the sea for dirt cheap. I mean, this does not exist. No. I mean, it's so bloody expensive. That's changed. Yeah, yeah it's, it's incredibly expensive to get, you know, like a beachfront villa, and then you're going to eat, and you're going to have all these people running around your house giving you massages and cleaning. It's just like... It, it's not that doesn't this exist is Mike's anymore. experience uh, <laughs> well I, I just know that it's it's super expensive now yeah ABC one two three he's got the last say on the matter natty mm -hmm. he said everywhere is cheap compared to where I live mm. <laughs> so uh, okay I'm not sure where that is ABC one <laughs> two three but uh, I think Thailand is generally cheaper than most other countries and you can live here very cheaply if you want but you're not going to be having the the beach villa um, or eating out at, uh, you know, eating lobster every night. I find that living a middle-class life in Thailand is actually quite expensive. It, it's a good life, but it's expensive when you compare to, say, middle-class in Singapore, for example. We tend to kind of like, um, I don't know, I think Thai people just like to live above their means sometimes. Like, we want to show off, we want to, I don't know, like, do things that we probably shouldn't be doing and live the upper class life in I don't know, the cost of living is a little bit more tough for, for middle class people. Oh, no, 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 not at all. So. I'm, I'm living beyond my means or something. I, I, I think it's because the, uh, the actual salaries are not reflective of the average mm. cost of living. So I think, you know, the cost of living has risen uh, quite, you know, exceptionally, but the salaries are still, you know, relatively low, which is like, so, and it's because of the international front market that's driven all of this, you know, the prices start rising very, very quickly. And yeah, it's a shame. I think the salaries should be rising to reflect, you know, this. So, you know, Thai nationals can can enjoy and, and indulge in, in in what we believe is a good part of life. Uh, thank you to all the people that uh, contributed to the survey and uh, interesting results. We'll have another survey question in the next few days. Yep, we're going to take a break and we'll come back right after this. Good morning, Thailand gets up to eighty thousand viewers per week, and we'd like to weaponize our audience for you. That's right. So if you have a business or a property or even your house that you'd like to sell. Private yacht? Yeah, it could, we could be in space. I'm not sure about space. Well, all you have to do is contact us on info at the tiger.com and you can hire us up to a day or even a week and we'll go to your property and do the show live. Good morning, Thailand. Coming. Hello everybody and welcome back. We're now at the Q&A session of today and now we have the voice of goddess Kun Lea who's going to read out some of the comments from our uh, audience today. Lea, do you have any comments? Good morning. I have a comment, well a question from a member, member Reread. Reread asks, do they allow felons to vote in Thailand? Ah, do they allow felons? You, I guess you're meaning Mike? Thai felons. <laughs> I think felonies in Thailand would not dare to come out and vote anyways, because there is going to be tons of police in that area. So why would you kind of go out and incriminate yourself? So, and, so I, th yeah. I, th I think she probably oh. means uh, like uh, previously yeah, convicted. Yeah, previously convicted. Oh. So, you know, you've got a criminal record. Right. I don't see but, why. But I mean, like, you're crime charges have yeah, uh, you, been you, dropped you, now. You've served your sentence, your time, or you've paid your dues, Oh, right? for sure. So are, are you a free member of the society to, you know, to We don't know, Reed. In, yeah. We're not sure. I, I imagine, though, once you've served your time, you can um, 
you can vote again. Mm-hmm. Okay. In, in what countries can't you if you're... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm no idea. Right. In Australia, we're all convicts, so we're all felons, I suppose. That's so. true. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. All right. Any more questions? Uh, here's another interesting question about voting from member... Maki or Marky, I'm not sure. It says, Tim, do you still vote or are required to vote in the Australian elections being a Thai resident? I stopped voting in 1991 when I started working in the media and I made a conscious decision that uh, I had a certain amount of influence uh, because of what I was writing. And so I just made my own decision I wouldn't vote anymore. So I just... uh, forgot to put my name on the electoral roll and uh, haven't not, have not voted since. And since I've come to Thailand, I haven't participated in any Australian election since then. That was the way I did it. And uh, I sort of made a conscious decision that I didn't want to vote. Once you've done that, though, I think you've also incumbent upon you not to complain about any particular government or be involved in the political process if you don't want to participate. All right. Leah? Okay, here's a question from member Shane O. It's a question for Mike. What's your favourite Thai city for living in terms of lifestyle? Ooh, that's, that's a good one. I, I think it has to be Phuket for me. Um, it offers everything. I mean, if you get past the price and, you know, the, the, every, every good place has got its bad sides, but I think what you do get in Phuket is you get some amazing beaches, amazing hills, amazing hikes. Um, you've got the international airport there. It's very connected, um, not just by the airport, but connectivity with good internet. Um, lots of choice of new restaurants popping up. Lots of staycations, access to Pangnar. Um, Beautiful resorts. Yeah, um, the, some of the best hotels. I mean, the people talk about the Dubai, but Thailand has, and especially Phuket, some of the best hotels I've ever been to. And I've I've travelled around and. Yeah, not, not, not extensively to some very nice places, but Phuket has some absolutely fantastic island-based hotels. You know, it has absolutely everything. I think the only problem of living in Phuket is you get that bit of island fever. You lose touch with reality. There's a lot of retirees who are kind of wealthy there or, you know. Someone said to me in Phuket, there's two types of people. It's quite interesting. They said you either get the wanted or the unwanted. So the wanted was the criminals. That, and you, I mean, I mean loads of them. Dudes that, yes. you know, in Phuket, it's like, oh, what are you doing here? I'm just like, yeah, just running away from the police. Money right. laundering. Okay. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. And yeah. then you have the unwanted, which is like drebs from society. Aww. And Which am I, by the way? I'm, I'm, I'm going for the wanted. I reckon that's why you don't, you don't go back. Um, but I think that's part of the problem in Phuket. You get um, a very, you know, uh, different type of expat, expatriate living there. So it's hard to build community there. Um, as opposed to Bangkok, you get a lot of more you know, working class expats are, you know, hungry, looking to work. And um, so I think, you know, that's one of the negatives. You don't build a great community living in Phuket. But I would imagine in Joaquin or Bataya or, or Chiang Mai, the community side is much, much stronger. Yeah. Interesting comment. Any more, Leia? Um, we have another comment from user XSPKTRO. <laughs> right. It's not related to anything in the show, but... It's an interesting question. Do you need to have sort of a license to drive a motorbike in Pattaya or in Thailand in general? Absolutely, yes. Um, You can, if you want, go down to your local motorbike hire place 
and there are plenty of them uh, in the busiest parts of Thailand and show your passport and they'll give you a motorbike. If you crash that motorbike, uh, there's a few issues. Firstly, uh, no matter what you signed or whatever they asked you to sign in the way of insurance, you'll be basically required to replace that motorbike. Uh, if it was a 20-year-old eye click, it's not going to cost that much. But if it's a Ducati or something, it's going to cost you a small fortune. Uh, beyond that, if you are injured and you end up in hospital, no insurance company is going to cover your insurance. So uh, the only way to get around it is to have a Thai motorbike license. There's no such thing as an international motorbike license that's going to get you around this particular issue. If you want to drive a motorbike legally in Thailand, uh, you do have to wear a motorbike helmet and you do need to have a Thai motorbike license. Then your insurance will cover you. But that's the legality of that's it. That's a very PC answer, I mean. <laughs> but, but that's... that's 99% that's... of people here do not have bike... I mean, have you got a bike? No, I don't have a bike license. I've license. seen you driving your bike. <laughs> I, I drive I'm my bike. I'm you, I've seen Tim driving his bike. And, and, and I, I don't have Illegally. a... I don't have a motorbike license. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I don't even have a Thai driver's license. But all that aside, at least I wear a helmet. I, and a mask. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I've got a Thai driving license and I actually fouled and I think they fell sorry. Well, you got it at Khao San Road. All they told me is to drive down this line, right, pretty easy, and don't move off the line. And I, they gave me some 20-year-old bike. I was like, go on it. I went straight off the line. And she looked at me. I was the only one who fouled. And oh, said, no. I just said pass and that was it. I was like, perfect. So oh, I have you, a, you winked um, at her. Yeah, I, I did well. So, but look, most people I know coming here are driving bikes with no license. I mean, that, that's the truth. Yeah. But if you expect your insurance company to cover just if you have a crash, don't tell them you fell off the bike. Just say you were walking and you hit your head on the on, on, on the floor <laughs> on the road. Do you know what I mean? You just if you fall off the bike, you just run away. No, I'm joking. Don't do that. Go do that. Whatever's, whatever's best. <laughs> and of course, if you hit another rider or a car or something, then insurance sort of comes into play and you're not going to come out of that very well um, I don't, I or it's going to cost you a lot of cash i don't think even if you're insured if you hit like for example a tire a bike yeah and they go to hospital i don't think the insurance covers them well it should like, like it covers their basis but there's always payoffs happening here. oh of course you know if you, if you hit a tire, the police will often prosecute yeah. the situation on the spot you did this you did that you pay this to them and they sort of sort it all out and it all goes away uh, when that happens by the way just nod your head and smile uh, if you're on the ground, it's going to be a bit harder to nod your head and do, smile. Do you drive a bike, Natalie? I don't drive a motorbike. No. I'm scared. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, because you see like 15 year old kids driving bikes. That right? is true, Everywhere. without and helmets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Without younger, but, but masks. But masks. Wear masks. No helmet, but if but you wear mask. your mask, it will save you. It's a parachute <laughs> when you call fall off. You could just. Yes. Woo! <laughs> yeah. No, it's the, the technical answer is yes, you do actually need a tyre driver's licence, but as Mike said, 99.9% .9 of foreigners here, the ones that live here or the ones that come here as tourists, don't. Allegedly. All right, Leah, do you have more? Um, I have one more. One more. From Genghis Khan Tay. Like it days. says, I'd like to see these two have a Marmite versus Vegemite debate. Oh, that is so good. I like that idea. You guys don't seem very enthusiastic about that. Well, well I mean, okay, the English like their Marmite. Mm -hmm. yeah. The Australians like their Vegemite. But I'm actually not an, a Vegemite aficionado. I prefer Promite. Okay. There's more? Which is a, a Vegemite yeast extract. I think a Promite's a vegetable extract. They basically, they're, they're all brown goo. Um, but 
I know Australians basically love their Vegemite or Primite on a piece of toast uh, for breakfast. Uh, it's Marmite. That's, it's, you it's, like mixing it in a hot drink, don't I, you? I'm, I'm not for like Marmite, but is it because Vegemite is made in Australia? <laughs> Oh, okay. Is that what it is? It's like good Australian Vegemite. Oh, I'm like... scared to claim that these days. It's probably made uh, in Bangladesh or something these days and exported. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm, I, mm. I don't know too much. They're about all brown mind. goo. No. Mm. Yeah, we, 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 we could have a... Well, much more interesting. We did a taste test with some Thais and showed them Vegemite. They all went, Ugh. But I'm a bit the same with some of the Thai dishes as well. So It's like snacks, snacks and 7-Eleven. Like some of the chip flavours. Oh, yeah. Pr- prawn and those are yummy fish sauce flavored <laughs> chips yeah, come on sauce. those oh, are God, yummy <laughs> some, of the, some of them are gross <laughs> fish, fish sauce and seaweed mm. Mm. oh yummy anyways I think we're out of questions for today so we're going to end the show here but before we go I just want to thank Mike for being on the show thank you Tim thank you Shai behind the buttons and Jason uh, supervising Shai and also the voice of goddess Leia for joining us also thank you so much for uh, the viewers for joining no pay rise Leia I'm sorry (laughs) and we'll see you tomorrow bye